Hello and welcome to this episode of the AF Mentors podcast. I have both Jules and Maureen with me. Maureen, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. How are you both? I'm good. How are you, Jules? I'm wonderful. I have taught Pilates and now I'm here chatting to you two. So what could be better on a Friday? Well, do you know why I'm great? Obviously. Oh, is that a new um, flavour? Is that Which one is that? It, it is a new flavour. I just got it in the post. What's it called? Uh, new, new Tonic? Is that how you say it? I think so, yeah. I've not tried it yet. Go okay. on. How much caffeine does it have in it? How much? She is testing. Mm. <laughs> it tastes like Lil. Oh, <laughs> horse me one. <laughs> yeah, well, you'll have to come over and get it. Oh, damn. Yeah, you can have some. Um, It has 120 milligrams. What does a monster have? 160. Mm. Interesting. I would, like, I don't have a monster with me, but I think it, it, it is quite a lot of the same stuff. Is it not? Probably. Mm. Mm. Like, have you actually, like, been having it regularly or have you noticed no, that? No, no, no. Yeah, compared to coffee. Because I have have heard a few people have been like, but it could be placebo, but, like, if it works, it works, saying that they have felt that they've been more productive after drinking it. But mm. Yeah, for anyone listening, we're talking about James Smith and Chris Williamson's new focus drink. And, I mean, the caffeine in it will certainly help you focus. And if you think that you've had something that's going to help you focus, it'll help you focus. Like, sometimes I think we attribute too much to... Like, as an example, coffee, you might be like, oh, when I go into a coffee shop and I have coffee, like, I just focus so well. But it might also be your surroundings, the, like, habitual nature of it, that you've brought your laptop out of the house to focus on one thing, you know, you're going to do it at this coffee shop, that is time constrained. You know, you've got, like, all these other principles that are going on that probably have nothing to do with caffeine. And the reason I say that is because when Amelia stopped drinking caffeine, for some reason, I'm not really sure why I did this, but for a little while, I just did the same. So I was like, oh, she's having a decaf. I'll just have a decaf as well. Because I was having quite a lot. And I was like, probably do me no harm. And it, I didn't notice that much difference. Like most days I didn't notice anything, I wouldn't say. Okay. Mm. You'd probably be very critical though compared to another person. <laughs> very critical what? Like that you'd be like, mm, no, I don't think that it definitely worked. You'd find yeah. some way to say it didn't. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, if it works for you, great. More focus. Do you know what I think the marketing's interesting though? Like, do you remember when Lucasaid used to be marketed for athletes and for sick people? Like for sick people. Do you not remember that? When, do you remember when Lucas ate, like, oh God, I'm showing my age here, but it used to come in a really big bottle and it was wrapped in cellophane. And everyone that was ill used to get, like, Google it, right? Everyone that was ill would get a giant bottle of Lucas Aid, which, to be fair, if I was ill, I would probably enjoy a giant bottle of Lucas Aid. But, do you know what? Saying that, when I was young, my mum, like, when I, if I was unwell, I'd have, but you know that, like, horrible original one? <laughs> That's what I'd have, like, the fizzy, horrible original one. She'd be like, have this, feel better. Yeah, that's what, and like when people would be in hospital, people would take them a giant bottle of liquid. Like it was, it's literally just a bottle of sugar. <laughs> but it's probably what you need if you've been like unwell, right? Yeah. So that was the whole marketing behind Lucasade was like the original really sugary 
like if it gets spilled, it stuck to everything. Type Lucasaid was marketed for sick people. Mm. We had flat seven up. Like it, it was a thing here. It was like, oh, if you're unwell, drink flat seven up. It's supposed to cure everything. I mean, it does make a lot of sense, you know, because it's just it's kind of like rehydrating. I mean, Lucasaid probably more so. I don't know what was in it then, but if it's got like sugar, but also maybe some like electrolytes in it and you've been unwell it's probably the perfect thing you could be it's not that different than like a rehydration drink is it but i know there's electrolytes in the sport version but i didn't i don't know is there any of that in the original i don't know but the original does just remind me of being unwell that flavor of it oh i've just looked up it was actually for like it that was the marketing and it was Lucozade glucose replaces lost energy and on the market and it's a picture of a wee girl in bed and she's unwell and they're giving her a bottle of Lucozade. Huh. Do you know what? The whole story behind um, Red Bull is quite interesting as well. Um, and now I can't remember all of it. Or maybe it's like Red Bull versus Monster and that it was like targeted towards like truck drivers initially because Red Bull is a smaller can and like you don't want to need to pee, but also you need to stay awake all night to drive your truck. So no, it was quite interesting that like that's how they marketed stuff. And also it tastes like shit. So that was the other thing. It's like you can get away with it tasting horrendous if it's marketed in the right way. Mm, it shows you the power of marketing though and how important... It is that you market your product and your service in the right way to the right people, saying the right things. It's vital. Well, I mean, that's a great example, right? Because Red Bull used to market to truck drivers, blah, 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 right? It obviously didn't do that well. But then when they changed their market towards more like, you think of Red Bull, you think extreme sports, right? This mm-hmm. is a really good way to think about branding, actually. Whenever you think of like a brand, like Red Bull is like, it, it's a drink. But what do you think of when you when you hear it? It's like extreme sports, mountain biking, skateboarding, whatever. That's the brand around it. And like you should think about that with your own brand as well. Like you see me, what do you think? Like what words would come? I mean, don't know if I want to do this, but like what what's the initial words that come to people's heads? A lot of the time it's like imperfect action. I'm like, wow, I've literally like brought that into my branding. If someone looks at you, like what are they going to say? What do you want them to say? Because you've got some scope in that by how you show up. Are they going to be like, oh, yeah, tough love coach? Or are they going to be like really compassionate, works with relationship with food, known as that? Like that's your brand is what people think of when they hear your name or when someone like brings you up in a conversation. That's what Jeff Bezos says. You know, Jeff Bezos from Amazon. He says, I've never heard of him. Who's that? I'm saying that as if like we know him, as if he was like. At the oh, meetup. you know, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff was saying that. Actually. You know, my, my pal Jeff my pal. says. <laughs> Your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. Yeah. But it's essentially how you make people feel. It's not really about the product. It's about how you can make people feel or the the impact that you can have. I think that's a big thing with Apple, isn't it? You see Apple and you think, oh, my God. Like you think about how you feel when you have like an Apple product, but it's not actually the product that they're selling. It's their ethos and how they want to make people feel. Yeah. And I think back to like, having the right product for the right mar- market and it being a lot of it is like product market fit is Red Bull got that wrong, almost went bust and then they got it right. And now they're like, you know, multi-billion probably pound company. Um, The other thing I was thinking the other day and I had a discussion with someone about this, 
because when you were talking about Apple and iPhones and things, I was I was telling someone to basically share that two people had already signed up for her program and there were only five spaces. So there's only three left. And she was like, oh, yeah, like creating scarcity. And I was like, there's two elements to that there's creating scarcity of like there's only three spaces left. But there's also, oh, someone else has done this. Like, this is exactly why when we did the accelerator, I was like, let's make a picture and get everyone to share it. Because then other people are like, shit, other coaches are doing this. What am I missing out on? Or like, that's the norm to invest in my business. Or it's almost like reassurance that someone else has done it. So then you're more like, sit like, and the example I was thinking of with Apple is, if no one else has an iPhone, would I spend a thousand pounds on a phone? 100% no. Like if everyone else had... I don't know, 200 pound phones, like a, I don't know, whatever that would be, right? Would you would you be the odd one out that would be like, yeah, do you know what? I'm going to spend like 1500 pounds on a brand new iPhone. You you wouldn't because you'd be like, oh, other people don't think it's worth it. So I don't know if I think it's worth it. And you're so impacted by social norms. So that's another reason to kind of show that, like show that you've got clients, show how you coach them, but also show that you've got signups, like be more transparent about that so that other people will, will be like, oh, well, if they've all signed up, must be good. It kind of reduces my risk of paying for something that I don't know what, what like the outcome might be. So I thought that was quite interesting. Mm -hmm. But on the back of that, I think, like, you know, based on the, the topic that we're to talk about today is like having the awareness that that's how things work and as a business owner to not get distracted by other things as well. Like what? What do you mean by that? Like if you have, we'll say, you know, that that people are are talking about something all the time and you might want to jump on board that because you see everybody else around you doing it because it's working for them. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 But it might not necessarily be the right thing for you to do at that time. Yeah. Knowing what's right for you, for <laughs> sure. Um, the other thing I want to say just before we move on is having like knowing a lot of like the bigger people in the industry or the supposed bigger people in the industry sometimes don't be too put off by what other people show because a lot of people use these tactics right so you don't have to have 20 spaces sold to say you have 20 spaces sold and it can be like as another coach looking at another coach you can be like oh my God, like they've, they've just like launched and got 20 places sold. I've only got two. And actually they've only fucking got two as well. They're just saying they have 20 sold, you know? A lot of people make out like they're more successful than they are kind of for those reasons. Now, I don't know why, but I always make out almost the opposite because I don't know. I just, I don't really like, yeah, I always, and even with like my own targets, I'm like, I'd have to reach them and then go over a bit to to actually say that I've reached it in my own head, which is a strange psychology, kind of beside the point. But I think if you're being put off by like what you see other coaches are putting up on social media, remember that a lot of it isn't true. Or like sometimes people will put up like screenshots of their stripe balance, but it's like, cool. I mean, like AFM had a massive month this month because we did a launch next month will probably be our lowest month of the year because we're not doing a launch next month like it would be stupid and and very like disingenuous for me to be like 
look how much we're making this month because it's not like that every month right what what would be way more realistic is like this is our average monthly recurring income for the whole year that that would be like a more insightful insight in someone's business but anyway on to the topic of today which was basically what shiny object syndrome yeah okay have you had to say on the topic <laughs> I don't know it's never happened to me so well I know in my my experience like I think we all do it we look at what everybody else is doing and it's easy to kind of say oh maybe I need to do that and and that's working well for for some person but again it's like your perception of it working well it might not necessarily be working well behind the scenes but if you can look at things objectively and say rather than kind of judging what's going on or, or having your own perception of what's going on and being able to look at it objectively and say, okay, well, why is this working well? Is it working well just on, based on my own perception and how can I make this work for myself? Like it's easy to watch people on social media say blowing up on, on socials. Like if you want to blow up on socials, start posting a load of recipe videos because everybody seems to fucking love them for some reason. But you have to ask yourself, does that align with the business that you want to have and what you're actually trying to do? Because if it doesn't, it's pointless doing that. Or like I know myself, I tried a group coaching program, which wasn't successful at the time, but I wasn't in the right position to be starting a group coaching program. But I was looking at everybody else and I was thinking, you know, oh, group coaching is working for everybody else. Maybe I'll give that a go. But I was kind of just having a bit of FOMO, but it actually wasn't the right move at that time. Yeah. And and actually, sometimes you do have to try things to decide that it's not. So I don't think that as an example of that, like it wasn't a failure. You got signups, people got results, but it wasn't right for you and your business. But this is my, I guess this is my question to you. Would you have known that had you not done it like do you think that you rushed into it and it was it was the wrong decision or was it actually the right decision at the time but now that you know better and you tried it and you've confirmed that it wasn't right for you and your business model and the impact you want to have like now it's not the right decision but that doesn't mean that actually it wasn't the right decision previously yeah true true yeah Mm. learn from it move on yeah yeah. And so one of the things we were thinking about with shiny object syndrome, which actually I think is a good thing to discuss because a lot of coaches struggle with this is like, so-and-so is using this new app or so-and-so is using this software. And like that you're missing out on something massive by not moving software. The first thing I'll say is because this comes up a lot with our coaches that they they think too much about like what's the best app and not enough about like your coach your clients aren't coming for an app right they're coming for your coaching that's fundamentally the most important thing it it almost doesn't really matter most of them do the same all of them have flaws and it's what works best for your business model and and honestly kind of like what you prefer to program on and what system works best for you based on your clients your business the impact you want to have but it's no like it is not the most important thing but yet it's still one of the most common questions we get. Like, which app should I use? And so I try to, like, I've moved apps numerous times in the last month. Um, and it turns out the grass, the grass isn't always greener. No. And as much as some features might have been better, there was like a fundamental feature that was so much better on the app I was currently on. So I use my PC hub. Now, 
one of the biggest benefits and I'll be honest about this because it's a good example of it's not just like what the app does but you should consider kind of everything around it as well I have a really good relationship with PT Hub. Fortunately, I didn't burn any bridges when I tried something else and, and they've welcomed me back with open arms. But that's a huge element. Like there aren't, if I go and use Trainrise, some American company, I don't know, they haven't, they had an outage yesterday, they blah, blah, blah. Like you're not really like, they don't care who I am. I don't have any relationship with them. Whereas I speak directly to the people at PT Hub. They've invited me down to help them improve the app in certain ways like i whatsapp ryan half the time voice noting him annoying stuff and he's always on it replies back to me straight away makes little tweaks back end probably i get benefits that other people don't get from doing things like that anyway that i don't i don't think i appreciated that enough before making a change now even if the software someone else somewhere else is better you kind of got to think about like the customer service side of it as well what's that side like? And I know from other apps, people have been like, yeah, I tried the help desk, but I've not heard anything back. Or they said this would change, but it hasn't changed. Or, you know, you're not treated as well as a, as a customer. So that's something to consider as well, whenever you're moving software and like any software really. Um, And then the payment systems on other apps, I just don't like, was my main, my main thing. But then the same app that I moved to that I didn't like, Jules uses and uses really successfully and it's perfect for her business. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. Everybody's everybody's business is different. How people coach is different. What people need is different. So there, there literally is no perfect app. I know some coaches that are still using Google Sheets and Google Folders and they're getting on amazing. Their clients love it. Nobody's got a problem. They don't even have an app. Mm. And it's not a problem for anyone because everyone's managing great in this system so I think it's stop tying yourself in knots about apps and think about the service that you're providing yeah yeah and actually keep it as simple as possible oh yeah like I've really tried to do that this time of just like right what's the simplest way I can do this with the least like confusing messaging for people and for myself but even with, yeah, like with the Google Sheets, like I have a, a couple of coaches I work with that work with primarily like bodybuilders or or contest prep. They don't want an app where they can't really program everything. You know, they're more analytical. They want like a really, and when you see bodybuilder prep Google Sheets, like there's a lot of data on, in there, right? Like they're like serious data. But my clients would be like, what the hell is all this? And no doubt I'd come back to the spreadsheet and it would be like a fucking bomb site and all the cells will have moved and she will have changed all the, like, I don't know, equations behind stuff and that. And you're massively overcomplicating and they'll get overwhelmed and they won't engage. So again, it's knowing who you want to serve. Like they don't need to know. My Most of my clients don't need to know percentage of one rep max. Like it's literally like get in the gym and, and, and do some movement and here's a bit of a structure to follow. So yeah, thinking about, who you're working with as well but I think that's a good piece of advice not just for apps for everything simple is always better whether it's your pricing structure the products you're offering whatever you're doing simple always works better like sometimes we see coaches with nine different options for how to sign up people get overwhelmed with it and they're like oh never mind this is what plan's best for me I don't know this is too confusing and pick none so actually, if you've only got two or three options of how to work with you, it's clear to see which one suits you better. More people will sign up simple all the way. 
even one at the start. Yeah. And so even tell people the option they need. So one thing that I do, because I do have numerous options and I don't like, it's not a good business model, but one thing I do is I funnel them all through one application form. And then based on what I now know about them, I can say to them, you're going to need one-to-one coaching, or I think it's so explicit to you, or the EC method is about to start. Like, have you had a look at this? Right. So I can push them to where they should be going. So they're not having to make that choice, but you're right. Like people, people who have too many choices will not buy. And there's so much data on that. But people want that. People want us to tell them which option is best for them. It's like, we wouldn't take clients on and be like, so do you want to, I don't know, do you want to train in the gym? Do you want to do yoga? What do you think you should do? They come to us for direction. So we need to start giving the direction at the point of sign up, not waiting until they've signed up to start being the person giving the direction. Hmm. Do you know what I always find interesting? And Maureen, I'm interested in your take on this. So there's quite, a, you know, from like motiv- motivational interviewing and stuff, there's quite a lot of like data on like, if you give clients more autonomy, they stick to it better, right? Ne- that's never actually been the case in my experience. Depends how you do it. I think slightly different if you're like, right, we need to set you a calorie target and you kind of set it with them of what they think is possible, what you think is po- is like needed given their goal. And then you're setting a target with them. I agree with that side, but I think like with what Jules is saying, like don't give them too much. Don't just be like, oh, right. Well, do you want to do that? You could literally do anything and they've got no constraints and then they don't really make a choice then. And I, yeah, I think sometimes take, I mean, is it taking away their autonomy? I don't know, but giving, giving like clearer goals definitely gets better results. I yeah I I definitely do a mix of both or I think a mix of both is needed like I think depending on the client and, and what they're trying to achieve but there has to be some sort of direction but I think it's good to also get them involved in it because you want them essentially to learn what they're doing and why they're doing it so that they can sustain it long term and if people are just expecting to be told everything to do at at, at every time then they're not really learning anything long term and then they can end up kind of going back when they don't have anyone there to hold their hand. Um, So I definitely do agree with motivational interviewing and I think it is very helpful. Again, it depends on the type of client, like it's very good for increasing their awareness around what they're actually struggling with and helping them answer their own problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think you need to find the balance of of a mix of two of the two types. So kind of like with everything, there's probably yeah. some good bits you can take from numerous things. And it's not like just do it this way or just do it that way. But I do think with the marketing side, for sure, you want to take away too many options before someone's even signed up. But the coaching, I think I agree, like slightly different. And you probably do want them involved somewhat in um in what they think is possible and setting targets for themselves. But it probably it depends as well, like on where you are in your business, like for the marketing side of things, like something that you do would be totally not relevant to somebody starting off. Yeah, no, I agree. But in this specific situation, I don't think anyone at any point would benefit from having like five different options. Oh, yeah. OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just mean like limit it down to one now. And then like I just use myself as an example, because a good example of someone who has numerous options but in an ideal world wouldn't like the way that you can get around that is by kind of funneling them through. And then depending on what's most appropriate for them, you make the choice for them. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agree. Um, any other lessons that have come up this week? Um, I suppose similar topic, but based around the content, something that came up in the accelerator chat was about um making videos like, and there was a list of people named. And when it comes to things like this, I think like that shiny object, people look at people who have large accounts and you see what they're doing and how they come across on social media and their style. And you think, okay, I need to replicate that. But if it's kind of hard, like there's no point in just doing something that, you, for example, if you see somebody doing like funny style videos and you think, oh, I need to do funny style videos, but you're not naturally <laughs> humorous. <laughs> it's not. It's Why are you looking at me? <laughs> Who said I was looking at you? I was looking at myself. <laughs> But of course you are. Yeah, like, you yeah. Got us, like minimized in the corner and you're just gazing into your own eyes. Like <laughs> it's not it's just not going to work. It's not going to work. And I think that's an area. Now, I know I did kind of touch on about the the recipes, but I think it comes down to you can look at somebody else who's further along than you and think, oh, that's what I need to do to get to where they are. But you're kind of just looking at the end result and you're forgetting about all the shit that they had to do to get there and that they've built a brand for themselves and and a reputation and essentially could probably post anything at all and it would get engagement and interaction. Mm. So it's about not kind of comparing yourself to other people and thinking, oh, that's what they're doing. I need to do the exact same. It's like figuring out what are your strengths and how can you get your message across in a way that's actually authentic to yourself and figure out that kind of style rather than thinking, oh, this seems to do well for such and such a person. I'm, I should be doing that. Agree. I think finding your own strengths and weaknesses is a very good thing to do. Um, and it might be that you're not very good at doing reels or you're not very good at talking on camera. Now, there's kind of two sides to this because some people are like, well, well, I'm not really good at anything. It's like, yeah, because you've not done enough of anything yet. So like no one starts being amazing at doing reels or talking to camera or doing lives or podcasts or whatever. But you will have certain people that are like, I don't know, I've, I've got a bit of a background in, I work with a few teachers, interestingly. But so anyway, I've got a bit of background in writing. Like that's actually what I, one, really enjoy and two, I'm quite good at, okay, let's nurture that skill. I wouldn't say to them, okay, then don't ever talk to camera. But you might be like, okay, well, you, we might sway you more towards that side of things. Um, yeah, but, and what I'd say on that as well, like I know you you just did your, how to make like your reels better. And one of the, the things you noted was like, cut out all the ums and ahs and like that kind of stuff, which I totally agree with, but also write your, write your script first. Like know what you're gonna say first and condense it. Cause while you write something down, you figure it out in your head. And I was talking to actually a teacher yesterday who is now a coach, obviously, that's why she's on AFM. But she was saying like, oh, I'm so much better at writing. And I was like, write it first and then do the podcast. Because you're of course you're better after you've written it down. Like it's been consolidated in your head. You've had to make some kind of sense of it in order to put it into, you know, onto the page or onto the laptop or whatever. But then you're going to be way more articulate at talking about it because that's subconsciously in your head figured out already and then speak about it. But I would recommend everybody does that. Now, my bias is I like writing. And even when I'm having, like, even in my personal life, if I'm having like 
maybe a more heated discussion with someone I prefer to like go away write out what I think get it down in my head see where it does make sense and it doesn't make sense and maybe where I'm in the wrong and then articulate it rather than like in the heat of the moment like say something I I regret yeah mm. all right um oh yeah I have one more uh yeah because what did I put in the group chat we could do a whole podcast just based on um Oh, your lessons. My my mistakes this week. To be fair, this last one wasn't a mistake, but the whole of type form has just gone down. Oh, no. So that means no check-ins, no onboarding while I'm onboarding people, no filling in their form to get their targets. It's final commit six check-ins. It's launch of commit 42. It's my one-to-one check-in day. So I'm like, <laughs> but as Jules said, it's character building. <laughs> so, you know... And I think this the the point I wanted to make about this is you can plan like everything I didn't when I said there like mistakes I've made this week, that wasn't a mistake. Actually, everything was planned out well, should have gone well, but shit will still go wrong. And this is my point about like always like taking action and imperfect action, because even if you try and plan the perfect day, something will go wrong. Same with like if you think about this with like weddings and stuff, like people try and plan it absolutely meticulously perfectly. Someone will still get sick the day before. Someone will still like fall over with the cake, you know, like there will still be life or you want it to be sunny, but it rained like stuff will still happen and it will still be amazing, but you can't foresee everything. And like this, like technically I've done nothing wrong and I couldn't have foreseen this. And even if I could have foreseen it, I actually wouldn't have done anything about it. There's nothing I can do about it. Right. I'm not going to change all my systems over from type form because they're going to be out for a couple of hours, like literally we'll just have to see what happens but that's part of being a business owner as well as just being like right okay this has happened like it's actually not the end of the world and stuff like this used to stress me out way more than it does now now I'm like well you know most people and most nice clients that you actually want to work with will be like oh there's a whole system outage of this software it's not really Emma's fault I'll just come back in an hour and try it again like that's how most people respond and then there'll be some who are a little bit more stressed about it but normally you can calm them down with just like come back in an hour I'm really sorry there's nothing I can do but the the system that we normally use is is down on a technical failure at the moment or you can do the same but be mega stressed by it at the same time which just doubles the pain that you feel do you not think that what you were saying there about like how you react to these things and when things so actual things going wrong for example like when the whole AFM course get deleted or whatever, as actual things going wrong, how people react to them makes a big difference to the success of their business. Are you the person that when something goes wrong or you make a bad choice or you make a bad investment or something that you have done, how you react to that makes a big difference, whether you're like, oh, this is terrible. I can't believe this has happened. And then you sit with it and you stew over it and you can't let it go versus the reaction of okay this has happened it sucks it's not ideal but what can we do how do we move forward and it's whether you sit in that situation and hold on to that situation or whether you're like right is what it is how do we figure it out and move forward and I think that makes a big difference to people's success is how they react to obstacles oh I'd say if there's two attributes that I see in business people to success one is taking action two is how they respond to setbacks 
because there always will be setback no matter what like even if you're consistently growing there's always little things that go wrong and if you like turn that into a massive thing not only like will you not get the same results but you just won't enjoy it and you'll find business awful and stressful because if there's one thing that's for sure stuff will go wrong that you, that is not within your control so yeah um okay does anyone have any passing thoughts or shall i wrap up wrap it up <laughs> oh do you know what i was very impressed with the accelerator everybody checked in every single person yeah, that was class that is i'm very impressed with that we'll see They're how they're flying in that group actually oh the people in the group do you know what it, it's been interesting because i see some coaches kind of like falling for the oh it's december and everything's slowing down but like no one in that group is and i genuinely i think it's being surrounded by other people that are like yeah fuck that i'm not doing that and like everyone's that vibe and how infectious that is is amazing like maureen just posted in there about people's wins then i've just like flicked through a few and i'm like like people are getting a serious amount done in a week and it's exactly what we wanted we wanted to increase people's capacity people are like this is more than what i would normally do in in like a whole month i've done this week and like yes that's what we want so i'm very impressed exactly what we wanted yep okay love you all goodbye bye